0: Hey, if you got your handout with you this morning, there's an insert that, uh, pull it out, we're heading toward the end of our series. <laughs> I can hear some cheering going on because we've been in First Thessalonians for a season here. Uh, it's been really good. You know, it's a favorite book of mine and it's, uh, we kind of timed it so that Thanksgiving time and Thanksgiving weekend, we'd be dealing with an all-time classic text about giving thanks in all seasons, at all circumstances, and uh, it's good for us to focus in on that. Flourishing in gratitude. Last week, we didn't get to have any message per se, any preached message. We really just shared testimonies and thanksgiving um, thoughts from the the body, which, by the way, is still online. If you didn't get a chance to, to hear that, it's good to hear. Six, eight, ten congregational people sharing that in the midst of challenges, they're grateful for what God has been up to and been doing. Well, we've been looking at this verse. It's actually three verses, and most of you have it memorized, right? I'm seeing the heads gently nod. Of course, the first one is so easy, right? Rejoice always. There you go. You got got a verse right there. The second one, pray continually, two verses in four words. It doesn't get any better than that. Now, this, uh, this right here, rejoice always, is the shortest verse in the Bible in the Greek, okay? If you look at the English, the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept, John 11, okay? It's interesting, Jesus wept and... Rejoice always. Is that kind of neat that those uh, superimpose upon one another? Rejoice always, pray continually. Repeat that. Rejoice always, pray continually. Now, where we've been camping out for Thanksgiving is give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is verse 18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. So let's do it in the traditional reference verse reference 1st Thessalonians 5:18 Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus 1st Thessalonians 5:18 Some of you I tricked because you thought I was going to say 16 to 18 didn't you Let's do 18 again that same way 1st Thessalonians 5:18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. So I, I do that partly because I love when you put God's word inside, when you put God's word in your memory, in your memory banks, and can call it to account at any moment of the day or night. While you're driving, when you're at work, When you're in the middle of an argument, when something terrible happens, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, through the years, you always hear people asking the question, I just wish I knew God's will for me. If I just knew God's will for me, I would do it. This is the kind of verse, just bring it out. You always know it's God's will to give thanks. Not always for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. That's the emphasis here. You don't thank God for the terrible things that have happened in your life, but you thank God how he can use those terrible things, those challenging things, as positive fruit investments in you and in your life. So today, I want to just pull out a couple of unusual or maybe less than often thought about, aspects of our thanks, our thankfulness, our thanks living, and how thanksgiving, giving of thanks, radically affects us in our lives. So jot a couple of these things down. The first one is, giving thanks in all circumstances will be a radical changer of your mind. It will radically change your mind. Your mind and your thinking processes will literally be changed. You will find that you no longer think the way the world thinks. You know we talked a couple weeks back about stop in grumbling. Stop grumbling. Jesus just said that point blank. Stop complaining. You know, the apostle Paul over and over again says don't complain that's the world's way everything something every time something negative happens we complain god's leadership god's book god's plan for us is to let his change take place and changing in our in our minds we don't give god thanks for the bad things that happen but through christ even those bad things can be turned around for good You know, you need to know this. The world is trying to brainwash you. The world has a plan for your mind and your thinking. God has a plan for your mind and thinking. God says, set your mind not on things of this earth, but on things above. When you put your mind on things above, it begins to change the way you think. Look at what Isaiah 55 says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, you want to be thinking God's thoughts after him. You want to think his thoughts not human, earthly, or even worldly, satanic thoughts. Instead, let his thoughts be the leader. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, they say in the last 20 months, since the onset of COVID in our society, that anxiety um, diagnosis... And medication is up some 700 percent. Not 100 percent, not 700 percent. Now I'm not a statistic get, keeper. I don't know wh- wh- what that's at, but that's the scientific reality that anxiety, based in fear, is up 700. Now, yes, we're in a pandemic. 9,000 of our Washingtonians have died either with or from COVID in the last two years, year and a half, two years. It's serious. At the same time, you gotta ask yourself, is the kind of anxiety that we're having warranted by the kind of pandemic we're under? Or is it inflated? Could there be, could there be uh, media-based reasons for promoting anxiety and fear, fear fear-based reactions. What God loves to do, he loves to redirect and clarify our minds when we have a heart for thanksgiving, even in the middle of something challenging, something terrible happening. Here's a theme verse for us, fits right into this passage in First Thessalonians, it is a parallel passage. Rejoice in the Lord always. What did the first verse say? Rejoice always. What's this one say? Again, I say it. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Yeah, in all things, always Rejoice in the Lord. Now that's different than the first one. The first one didn't mention in the Lord, but that's the secret to it all. When you are in the Lord, you find a way to rejoice in all circumstances. It's presupposing that you are in the Lord. As we, as brothers and sisters, reside in Christ, there's not a circumstance, there's not an event. There's nothing to fear that we can't, in Christ, rejoice in and find his blessing for. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving—notice that word—with (laughs) thanksgiving— Thanksgiving is at the heart of a rearrangement of our thinking. Thanksgiving is something you are commanded to do because it's not a feeling. I feel thankful. That's good. But even when you don't feel thankful, it is a command to give thanks. You give thanks in spite of how you feel, and pretty soon the changing of the mind happens, and pretty soon the changing of the heart takes place. It's not wait for the heart to change and then give thanks. No. Give thanks in the Lord always, at all times, in all circumstances, every time you have a chance with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. I think it's the Living Bible that says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't those go good together? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Repeat that with me. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his blessings, the Living Bible says. Notice what it says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. What we're finding here is the very way you think, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. The very way you think is changed by obeying this verse, by rejoicing always in the Lord and by giving thanks in the midst of your prayer. Pray without ceasing, rejoice always and give thanks in the middle. Finally brothers and sisters, now notice the changing of the thinking. Finally brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is uh, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You see it radically changes your heart's and mind's connection you have more of his peace, you have more of his presence, you have more of his provision for you as you see his power exerted. So what do you thank him for? You're thanking him in everything, not necessarily for everything. What is it you thank him for while you're thanking him in everything? Well, thank him that he hears you. Thank him that he hears you. Thank him that he's invited you to speak with the creator of the universe has said, come and spend time with me. I want to hear your heart. I want you to share your life with me. Think about the invitation God has given you and thank him for that. Thank him that he promises he will answer. The Bible doesn't say he's always going to answer the way we want him to. We'll get to that in a little while. Thank him that you can trust him, that he is trustworthy. Thank him that he is always with us. I will never forsake you, never, he says. I will be with you to the ends of the earth, the ends of the age. Thank him that he has a bigger purpose for you, that his purpose will become clearer and clearer. Thank him that he has all power. I mean, these are the things that you can thank him for when you're thanking him in the midst of circumstances that might not be pleasant, might not be easy, might not be fortunate for you. Now, I want to move on. I want to think about not just how he changes our mind, how he changes our thinking, but how it causes us to appreciate where God placed you where God's got you. When you thank him in all circumstances, instead of resisting where he's got you, you're saying, Lord, I thank you that you've called me to this spot, this day, and this time. Now, I've preached around the edge of this for a long time, but I just want to nail a verse or two. It's one of my favorite verses, so be ready. It's Acts chapter 17. It's a little bit long because it talks about Paul sharing the gospel with people who don't know Christ, with people who don't love God yet. But it, it, it illustrates for us that God put us where he's got us for a reason. God called us to this spot in the calendar. He called us to this spot in the, on the map, and he called us to this day and time. I don't know if you believe that or not, but this is what the Apostle Paul says in his sermon in Acts 17. Let's read this a little bit. It might be kind of a lot of words for us, but let's get into it a little bit today. Because it's all about blooming where you're planted. It's all about letting God use you in the spot he has called you in. See, Paul had, uh, he says, I learned contentment. I learned to have a lot, and I learned to have nothing. I learned... How to be content in the middle of it all. And you kind of go, how did he do that? How did he learn contentment? Listen to what, what he says here about the place where God places us, the place where God puts us. This is way different from how the world views our lives and how the world wants us to view our lives. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens. So this is about the same time that he's preaching to the church in Thessalonica. He's taken a break. He's now uh, got some time on his hands. But he's greatly distressed to see this city of Athens was full of idols. Well, something interesting had happened. They took a 1,000 th- sheep, a 1,000 lambs, and they let these lambs go in the city of Athens. And they sent priests out to slaughter the lambs. And wherever they killed a lamb, they erected an idol there. There were a thousand places in Athens that had been designated and set aside. Funny thing is, they ran out of idols. They had hundreds and hundreds of them, and they erected them all over the city, but they ran out. So what they did is they inscribed a, a phrase that said, to the yet-to-be-discovered God, <laughs> to the unknown God, <laughs> to, the, to the God we've not yet found and, and, and made an idol for. And these places were around the city, according to historians, and Paul saw one. What's interesting, he used that phrase, that inscription to the unknown gods <laughs> as his text for a sermon. I wonder if people would appreciate that today. Using an idol inscription as the text for his sermon. Kind of bold, wasn't it? Listen to what, what, what happens. He says um, So he reasoned in the synagogues with both Jews and God fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? (laughs) Well, he must have been a powerful preacher, huh? They're like, what in the world is this guy saying? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. And what's interesting is they thought he had two gods. He thought he had the God of Jesus this idol that they thought he was going to... And they saw the resurrection as the female aspect of this dual God, Jesus and the resurrection in that case. So he says, uh, they took him and brought him into the meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what is this new teaching if you are presenting... You are bringing some strange idea to our ears, and he would like to know what this means. All the Athenians and the foreigners who live there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Um, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription, to an unknown God. Remember we talked about that? So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. That is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath, and everything else from one man he made all the nations this is this this is the underlined part that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and their boundaries of their lands god did this that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him though he is not far from any of us for in him we live and move and have our being, as some of his own, your own poets have said. So in the middle of this um, passage here, catch this. They should inhabit the whole... He marked out their appointed times in history. Now, there's not a lot of places in the Bible that say that, but I want to captivate your mind with that. He appointed a time for people, in this case, you, to live, for them to live. It's not a mistake, it's not an accident that you're here today, that you're here this day, that you're here in this place. It's a designed, appointed time. Now, I don't wanna overemphasize God's sovereignty, but that's what we're talking about today. God's leadership, God's power and God's sovereignty. He is He marked out the appointed times in history and the boundaries of our lands. Now, part of the reason I want you to think about this today is there's a lot of times going through the hardship we've been through in the last 20, 21 months, we go, God, why did you call me to this day and this age? It wasn't a mistake. I want you to be convinced by the time you leave here today, according to this verse and others, that God had it planned and he's got you in the seat you're in, in the place you're in, in the family you're in, in the community you're in, in the state you're in, in the country you're in for such a time as this. And once we begin to change our thoughts about that, we begin to give thanks to God for that, it changes everything. Instead of you know feeling be, berated by God, instead of feeling oppressed by God, and um, feeling angry with God for what he's done, just the opposite. Our hearts begin to well up and say, well, thank you, God, for giving me this place and this time. God's shaking things up like never before in my lifetime, and he wants us as the body of Christ to respond in a positive and in a thankful way. You see what I'm getting at? This is the passage that focuses in on that. Notice what else he says. Appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. You know, he he designed who we are, when we are, and where we are. Are you catching that? It's not a mistake. God didn't fail. He's not surprised. He didn't wake up one morning and go, oh, there's a pandemic. You know, it was not, (laughs) it wasn't against his knowledge. Okay? God did this you see the reason? What's the reason God does everything? God did this so people would seek him. The sole reason God has done what he's done, the reason God sent his son Jesus into the world, was so that people would seek him and that they would find him. So that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Oh, brothers and sisters, that's all God ever wants is that people would come into a saving relationship with him. Could we take some time right now? Could you take some time right now and just thank God in your heart right now, can you thank God that you are alive at this very moment in time? That it's not the uh, 1600s, it's the four, not the 1400s, not the BCs, that it's this day in this time that you live in, this exact spot on the planet. Can you take a minute and just thank him for that? Thank him for the state and county that you live in. It is not for, I know it's a double negative, it's not for no reason. It's not for no purpose. It is for a purpose and for a reason that he's got you and I, you're radically different from the world Now I don't have time to illustrate this in tons of ways, but think for a moment about people in the Bible that they didn't they didn't verbalize this phraseology,
1: but they lived it.
0: Think of Daniel for a minute. I mean, Daniel gets taken into exile in Babylon. He gets taken into exile in Babylon, and what does he do? He blooms where he's planted. He lets God use him in the midst of Babylon. You go, whoa, that sounds like our culture. He was in a decaying culture that did not honor God. He was in a culture that was foreign to God and belief in God. And yet, he stood his ground. He said, I am not going any further than this line. He drew a line, and he said, I will not give up my faith. The culture, his boss, the king Nebuchadnezzar, all his leaders tried to convince him to give up his faith, but he refused, and he held out, and he even thanked God that in the midst of that decaying culture, God would use him we think about was it Esther for such a time as this Esther 4 yeah for such a time as this folks that's the phrase that could be over all of us it's for such a time as this he's calling the body of Christ to repent to focus on him to trust in him do not be afraid don't let the culture disciple you into anxiety and fear instead Let him lift you up. Let him lift you out. Trust him instead of fear. Think about Joseph for a minute. Joseph is sold into slavery. He is in Egypt. He is in prison. What happens? He trusts God. He trusts God in the midst of... Of terrible circumstances in the midst of unprecedented challenge. Folks, that's where we're at today. That's where we're at today. Can we do what this says and trust God that He marked out and appointed this time and this season and this territory for us? Well, there's so much more we could talk about there, but let me uh, take this passage. Notice he says, we're not far from any of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said. We are his offspring. Now, if we were to take this and bring out an additional principle that thanksgiving causes us, it helps us to welcome the evangelistic difficulties of our age. I'll explain that. It helps us to welcome... The challenges or the difficulties of our age. You see, I say it this way Christians have lost the home field advantage. For years here in the United States, Christians basically had the hometown, home team advantage. That's all changed. That's all changed and it's changing rapidly so that we are the minority, not the majority. You catching that? All right? We need to act differently and look at the challenges or difficulties that God's given us and take them on, embrace them with welcome and with thanksgiving. To say, God, thank you that you put us in this place to reach this culture with your love, with your grace today, now. (laughs) I call it uh, thanks living instead of thanksgiving. It's not just giving verbal thanks to God. It's saying, God, would you use my life in a way that shows you that I'm thankful, that shows you that I'm choosing to give thanks through my life, showing that we are thankful by the choices. You see, you're going to be booed when you try to score in this culture, the enemy, the the the, the team around us, they're not going to like it. When we press forward with God's love, with God's grace, it will be. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared? If you are giving thanks in the middle of it, you will survive. You'll thrive. You will flourish. What we're talking about in this series, like Paul did. I mean, notice that passage I just read. I mean, he's in the middle of a pagan culture that's going down the tubes, that's filled with idols, and he uses that as the very reason, the very um, card that he wants to play as he shares Christ with the entire group. He says, I want to preach to you and tell you about this unknown God. You think... This is an unknown God. I'm coming to tell you about him. He is known, and he loves you. And he used that inscription on that idol to give the gospel to those folks. Here it is once again. From one man he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this, that they would... Seek him. Let me break this down a little bit. First of all, God must believe that you are capable of representing him to this culture. Why do I say that? He's told you so, He's left you to be his representatives. You're the body of Christ. You are the church of Jesus Christ. He must think that you and I are capable of representing him to this culture, just like the Apostle Paul had to represent him to Athens. Okay? He must have more confidence in us than we have in ourselves. So often I hear, you know, people despair, people discouraged, people saying, I'm just, I'm just shutting up. I'm just not going to say anything about my faith. Why? Because you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be booed. You're going to be harassed and harangued. It will happen. But God must think that you are capable of representing Him to this culture, to this people. How is that? How, what you need to do is thank Him that He's called you to this culture. Remember the apostles that got beaten, they got whipped. They were imprisoned when they got let out. The Bible says they thanked God that they'd been considered worthy, worthy of receiving punishment, worthy of receiving a beating, that they they could be counted as one of Christ. Wow. They were so thankful. (laughs) They were so thankful that it affected their witness, that it affected everything. This is the second one here. As a believer, jot this down, go to where the most people are. Go to where people need the gospel the most. I mean, that should be our principle. Not go to where you are most comfortable. Don't go to where most of the Christians go so you can be hiding among them. What's Paul do? He goes where it's most challenging. You say, well, I'm not an apostle Paul. No, he's calling you to this generation. He's calling you to this time and this day. He's calling you to today's testimony. What are you going to do? Are you going to hide out in the rear echelon? Or are you going to step forward to the front lines and say, God, use me. God, use us. God wants us see paul paul could have relaxed at this point he kind of had a free weekend <laughs> he kind of didn't have any obligations he was waiting for his team to catch up with him he left him behind in Thessalonica and said follow me when you can so he could he could have just sat around what did he do he engaged his pagan culture and he allowed god to use him He stirred things up. One more here. He shared God's love with people. Folks, let that be the draw. Not your fear of how people might respond to you, but let the love of God drive you forward. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and enter into a relationship with him. Share the massive, mighty love of God with people. One more. Thank God for the opportunity to share your faith. I don't know if you've done that, but you live in an unprecedented community, an unprecedented place and time and era and even season. Your testimony of the love of God can go miles. So thank God for the opportunity to share his love with others. I've only been around uh, 63 years, and uh, only really 40 of those in Christ. And as such, um, I've never seen the enemy so strong in so many arenas in our country. The enemy has taken over the media. The enemy has taken over the media. And they have a strong hold, a foothold. Not everywhere, but overall, what people are hearing is the world's message. The enemy has taken over our educational institutions. For the most part, the deeper you dig into our educational institutions, there are some fine, wonderful teachers doing a great job. But overall... Our educational institutions have succumbed to the enemy, to his stance, to his leadership. Our political world. I mean, I could just go down the list, institution by institution, and say, that's why I said it the way I did a few minutes ago. We are no longer blessed or benefited by the home team advantage. Now, there's a plus and a minus to that. We are the visiting team. (laughs) We are the outsiders. And now, more than ever before, it can be a contrast to our culture. It can be in contrast to our culture that we stand up for what is right, for what is godly, for what is truthful, and the truth will set us free. God's leadership will become more and more obvious But it's not going to be easy it's going to be challenging it will be sacrificial but God knows what we're capable he he put us here for the reason like he says that they may reach out for him and find him brothers and sisters more than ever before I believe God is going to use your life he's going to use my life to let people find him to let people hear him to hear the truth presented like never before. Are you ready? Are you ready? Is your heart thankful? If your heart's not thankful, you're not ready. You've got to be one of those like the the, 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 the lepers who didn't come back. You wanna be the one that comes back and says, thank you. Thank you to the Heavenly Father for putting you here at this time and in this way place. Welcome the evangelistic challenges and difficulties that he's called us to do and say, we embrace those, Lord. Show us how you want to reach this culture with this church, with our lives, with our families in today's culture in Thurston County. You ready? Are you thankful? That's what it's about. Can I just read this? This is a a long passage, but it's so powerful. It's the result of thanklessness. It's what happens when we are not, as a culture, culture, thankful to God. This is from Romans chapter 1. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth with their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, there's certain uh, clear aspects, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Out in the gazebo in the summer, I had a teenager ask me, What about all these people who've never heard? Do they have an excuse? What's this say? If you just look at creation, you're without excuse. If you look at creation and then build an idol and go, I'm going to worship the idol, something's not computing. Something's not making sense. You are, as this says, without excuse. For although they knew God, what's it say? They neither glorified him as God, nor what? What? gave thanks. See, thanksgiving is at the essence of life or not, or of life or death, of trusting or not trusting. They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man human being the birds being and birds and animals and reptiles therefore god gave them over to the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity to degrading of their bodies with one another they exchanged the truth about god for a lie and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised amen because of this god gave them over to shameful lusts even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their. Are you seeing how this downward spiral, right at the beginning, thankfulness or not? Thanklessness or thankfulness what's it going to be our call is to be so thankful to God as individuals as believers as lovers of God that we begin to change our culture that they begin to be thankful to God and trust in him that they listen to him well let me deal with one other one well maybe two others let me talk to you not just about where you live and the season you're living in, but the controlling leaders that are over us. I mentioned this a few weeks back where we said, uh, let's go, Brandon. Remember that? You know? Sometimes we use phrases that might be derogatory or template and I'm encouraging us to do the opposite to do what the scripture says and to thank God to thank God for even evil leaders for even leaders who don't trust in God that are over us that's the model and the example that we hear from the apostles we don't thank God for those leaders but we thank God for what he can do through those leaders look what he says in Timothy chapter 2 second Timothy No, 1 Timothy chapter 2, excuse me. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession, and what? Thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings, you know they had some pretty evil kings at this time. Nero was in charge. And for all those in authority that they may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God's plan is always the same. It always will be the same. His hopes and dreams and goal is that every person would come to trust him, would enter into a relationship with him. So whether it's a petition, he says, or a prayer or an intercession, It's all with thanksgiving, a prayer of thanksgiving. Are you praying prayers of thanksgiving for the leadership God has given us in the country, in the world, and in our community, in our state, the nation? God would call on us to lift up prayers of thanksgiving, whether we agree with the political stance of those around us, those over us, or not. Romans 13, 1, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God will even use pagan kings. God used Nebuchadnezzar and he took the people of God in exile to turn them around, to change their lives. God used a pagan king to accomplish his will. He did it with Cyrus. He did it with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He's used pagan kings throughout history, and he'll use people today, whether they believe in God, trust in God, follow God or not. One more verse, 1 Peter 2. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God... Don't fear people, fear God, and honor the king, honor the emperor. Let me mention one more and then we'll close, okay? This has to do with when it looks like God is unanswering, when it looks like you're praying your heart out and it looks like you've gotten no answer, there is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. God is answering. Remember the options he's got? Yes, I will provide what you're asking for. No, I will not provide what you're asking for. And the third one is, is in between. Wait, I'm going to provide it, but not at the moment. You know, this is where we have to trust God and say, I want to be still and know that he is God. Remember the Apostle Paul? Three times, he said, I cried out to God and said, please take this thorn in the flesh away. What did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. Eventually, the apostle Paul was thankful that God did not take the thorn in the flesh away. He became thankful that the answer to his prayer was no. That's why I say it's seemingly unanswered prayers (laughs) no such thing as an unanswered prayer but when paul didn't get what he wanted eventually he saw god's wisdom in it he saw the heart of god and he began to thank god therefore i boast about uh, all the more gladly about my weakness so that christ's power may rest on me that is why for christ's sake i delight in weakness he began to delight in the very thing he was asking god to remove God used it in his life. I'm thinking about the uh, classic story of Corey Tinboom. You know, and she's in a concentration camp, and uh, they move into this new area, and it's just infested with fleas. It's so terrible. And her sister comes along and says, I'm going to thank God in the midst of these fleas. And Corey cannot bring herself to thank God, in the midst of the fleas. They have Bible studies in there, and finally they have this emergency, and they're trying to get a guard to come into their quarters, and none of the guards would come in. And they realized the reason the guards wouldn't come in was because of the fleas. So the very thing <laughs> that seemed the worst actually was a, p- a point The the lack of answered prayer about the fleas turned out to be a, a protection over them that probably kept her alive for the entirety of her time to talk about it. Unanswered prayers are not always unanswered, but sometimes God has a different purpose. You don't see it till the end. You can't tell it until it's done. What's that Garth Brooks song? Remember like in the 90s? Did you ever hear about unanswered prayers? I mean, it's, it's about a girlfriend. and Brent, so, do you have that? L- listen to the first verse of this. It kind of um, speaks of God not answering, but really being thankful in the midst of that. To focus in our attention one last time, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's stand and pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for never giving up on us. And thank you for instilling in us a new vision, a new passion, a new purpose in the midst of challenges right now. Lord, would you use a thankful heart in every one of us? Would you cause to to not just uh, us to assert thankfulness, but to even sense and feel thankful to you. Help us, Lord, to trust you like never before. Help us to invest in your kingdom like never before. Help us to be used by you. Oh, we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless